do turn to Isaiah chapter 9, continuing answering the question, who is Jesus, the one that we pursuing to become more and more like. We are told in the second song, just before the handover, how sweet the name of Jesus sounds in a believer's ear. It soothes his sorrows, heals his wounds, drives away his fear. That name, we read in stanzas two, it makes the wounded spirit whole and calms the troubled breast. It is manna to the hungry soul and to the weary rest. Dear name, the rock on which I build, my shield and hiding place, my never-failing treasury filled with boundless stores of grace. Jesus, my shepherd, husband, friend, my prophet, priest and king, my Lord, my life, my way, my end, accept the praise I bring. Weak is the effort of my heart and cold my warmest thought. But when I see thee as thou art, I praise thee as I ought. Till then, I would thy love proclaim with every fleeting breath. And may the music of your name refresh my soul in death. His name is higher than any other. His name is Jesus his name is Lord. His name is higher than any other. His name is Jesus. His name is Lord. His name is wonderful. His name is Counselor. His name is Prince of Peace. The mighty God. His name is higher than any other. His name is Jesus. His name is Lord. Who is Jesus Christ? Isaiah 9, verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of peace. Notice in that text, as in Matthew 28, that the scriptures do not say his names are. But even here in Isaiah, it is in the singular. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. As you read modern scholars, there is an argument that is being developed. And the argument basically is, don't we have here an argument for the Trinity? Don't we have an argument here for the Trinity? Maybe, maybe not. The difficulty of that argument is the opening statement of verse 6. It's very clear 
that these names are ascribed to one who is a child born, to one who is a son given to us. But this son, this child who is born, the son who is given, has this name, and we're given that name in those descriptions. We observe that it is important to know Christ if we are to pursue being like him. And therefore we are seeking to know the names given to us. Accurately, the name given to us in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. In opening up that name, we observe the overall core of this verse as seen in the context of the gift of the Son, the context of deliverance or salvation. We observe that Isaiah is coming from a negative background and when he comes to verse 6, is giving hope and is giving that hope as a reason for that which he has stated, the reason for rejoicing, the reason for promised victories, the reason for freedom. But we notice also that what we have here are descriptions, appellations of who Jesus Christ is. He is wonderful, he is a counselor, he is mighty God, he is everlasting father, he is prince of peace. We indicated by way of underlining the significance of names that these prophetic appellations or names expound to us his nature and work. They are not mere empty names assumed for the purposes of pomp and impression. There are names some of us have, they have probably no meaning except it's a title of identity. I'm not sure what Jackson means other than the son of Jack. Uh, maybe Jack as you lift up the vehicles and therefore Jackson. Mr. Brown. Color. But I'm not sure of what significance that is. I say this at the risk of uh, being held accountable. Uh, in my tribe we have names. Some have good meanings, some not so good. So we have Mr. Steamer, basically Mr. Train. And when we bought cabbage and it was nice, we gave somebody a name, Mr. Cabbage. So you hear names like Wakaviki, Uyun James Kabiki, basically James Cabbage. We have Mr. Sando, basically Mr. Hammer. They have some meanings, but many of them nicknames. Mr. Port, Bamapoto, basically means was drinking too much Munkoyo. That's not the category in which we consider who Jesus Christ is. Considering the names of Christ, we began by considering the fact that his name is wonderful. In the text, and his name shall be called Wonderful. His name shall be called Wonderful. And notice in the text, 
that as far as the Jewish nation is concerned, these are future descriptions of Christ. The text, at least from the ESV, does not say he is called. He shall be called. When he comes on the scene, this is how he will be identified. And these names are meant to communicate truths about the one who is a child born, about the son who is given. When the son born by a virgin is born, he shall be called. We no longer use that language. He is called wonderful, counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Considering wonderful, we observe that wonderful denotes a wonder, a marvel, an extraordinary, great or magnificent something or somebody. That which is wonderful is that which really is a marvel, that which is extraordinary, that which is great and magnificent. Notice that wonderful conveys not only something wonderful as in great or magnificent, but also something miraculous. Meaning that the great personage to whom it is here applied in his nature and works would be distinguished by supernatural qualities and deeds, would be raised above the ordinary course and laws of nature and would stand out before angels and men as a unique and a splendid miracle. And we very briefly considered his birth was miraculous. He performed miracles. His name was extraordinarily given. His ministry was extraordinary. In three years, literally, he turned the world upside down. His way of ministry, expect him to come as a political king and exert his authority, he chooses to die. And it is by dying that he triumphed, overcame the devil. This son of God, he incarnated, became like us, never were tempted, but did not sin. His life was miraculous. Even though he was God, he chose to be identified with us. In Hebrews, he's not ashamed to call us his brothers and the sisters are included. And we notice that this is not the only place in Isaiah. This is alluded to but we also observe that in Judges, if you pay attention to the Hebrew and those of you that have access to the Greek Septuagint, we have that name there also echoed. And Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, what is your name? So that when your words come true, we may honor you. And the angel of the Lord said to him, why do you ask my name? Seeing it is wonderful. We noticed that one of the wonders miraculous things about Christ, but also marvelous things about Jesus Christ is just the number of his names or descriptions by which he is called. No less than 700 in both the Old and New Testament. 
and we observe that our response to this one, simply to acknowledge that is admirable. That is a miracle. And if we are to imitate him, we must live admirable lives. We are vessels that are brought about miraculously. We must continue to live the miracle of salvation and other miracles that have been accomplished in our lives. That which the name is designed to communicate or teach. Still on the name wonderful, we're answering the question, what is this name wonderful? Or this description of Christ, this title of Christ as wonderful, what is it designed to communicate or teach? What is it that it taught the people that listen to the prophet as he say to them, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. What is the design of this name? What is it that is intended in communicating this name? Now, those of you that have watched uh, Lion King, you notice that at some point in that cartoon, uh, there is a name. Uh, these hyenas uh, got to hear a Mufasa. And they go, and this other guy, Scar, is not impressed. But just the mentioning of that name, Mu, sends shivers. It's designed to bring about an acknowledgement that this is a royal name. Where we may have some imposter, somebody that has deposed, killed, assassinated, this name, when it is announced, this is somebody's son. Where the name Wonderful Counselor is designed to communicate or teach us something by this title, the prophets, designed under God's inspiration, is to stimulate or stir up the minds of the godly to pay sincere and serious attention to that which they were expecting from the promised Son of God was something more excellent than what is seen or experienced in the ordinary course of God's works. That when they read in the text, for us, for to us a child is born, that's not strange. To us a son is given, that's normal. The government shall be upon his shoulders, begins to ring the bell, what kind of son this would be. And his name shall be called. The Jews would stop and pay attention. Because his name will communicate something, and then they hear wonderful counselor. That they are under a government that is inconsiderate. They are under a leadership that is probably tyrannical. They are under a leadership that exerts pain. That will not be described great. That will not be described absolutely marvelous. But they hear that there is going to come a leader and he shall be called wonderful. They are being invited. They are being inspired. 
they are being stimulated their minds are being stirred up to this godly affection to pay sincere and serious attention to pause and contemplate if this would be called wonderful how will he be wonderful that what they were expecting from the promised son of god was something more excellent if they have gone through good things wonderful things this one is going to be wonderful above all he's being marvelous and great will not be at the level they have experienced before this one because of his being wonderful he deserves to be described by that name as manoa would be told why do you want to know my name for it is wonderful in other words when i give you the name it is indescribable in its beauty and greatness just be content to know it is a wonderful name when we sit to think about christ please be lost in his goodness when you read names like he is the messiah open up what that means that is the anointed one he came that he would die for us he is the one that is fit to fulfill prophecy when you read his mighty god you read morning star only begotten son our passover son of the highest son of god son of the blessed one shiro true light true vine witness of the word of god the rose of sharon then list goes on you think about those names they somehow fit in this description wonderful he's a redeemer he is wonderful he is our savior he is wonderful he is our advocate he is wonderful he is our passover lamb he is wonderful he is our merciful savior is a punch is a compassionate god he is kind he is the truth he is the way to the father and those all describing the wonderfulness the miraculous nature of christ the beauty of this savior surely want to imitate something of being beautiful want to imitate something of this savior that people look at us and say he's good he's lovely she's just wonderful isn't she marvelous what a great friend if we are pursuing cross likeness surely there must be something about us it looks like this wonderful counselor there should be something about us that even those who are steeped in wickedness and opponent of the gospel must somehow see something good 
in us. That when they expect us to be even, when they hurt us, they slap us, we do not slap back. When they insult us, we do not insult back. Even when they steal from us, we still show them kindness. That they are able to go and say, look, something is different. Something is, there, there's something wonderful about this couple, this brother, this sister, this youth. A story is told of a journalist. He's in Kabwe now. Something happened in his life. He was kidnapped. Was taken to a graveyard. And was about to be killed. He was to be killed because he was in possession of information that would destroy somebody powerful. And there was somebody in this group that recognized him. And recognized him as one of the elders in a Seventh-day church. And this man said to the rest, I know this man. Yes, he may be said to have what he has, but if he has promised never to divulge this information, we can assure our boss that when he promises he keeps his word, surely he's not worthy to die for a secret he will never divulge. He is a good man. His life was spared. He stopped being a journalist. He looked for a different job. What saved him? That description. He is a good man. That's Christ-likeness. That's Christ-likeness. We may have a whole lot of things that are not good. Some of them terribly bad about Jehovah's Witnesses. Of course, lately I'm learning that there are also some of them that are as unfaithful as all of us. By and large, when they promise you, they will do a job. You can be assured they will do it. In that sense, in that sense, they are good. Shouldn't we be better? If we are called after his name, Christians, he is described as wonderful. Do we reflect on his goodness, on his greatness, on his being a glorious miracle that who were dead are given life? Secondly, the prophet was communicating what Paul later communicated in Colossians chapter 2, verse 2 to 3. Colossians chapter 2, verse 2 to 3, we read, My purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God 
namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Why am I doing this? My purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart, united in love, so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. The wonderfulness of Christ, as we continue to reflect on that which the name is designed to communicate or teach, Christ is wonderful in his person and in his works and in his relationships. The list can be expanded. It's limited to there. He is wonderful in his person. That even the thief on the cross is able to acknowledge. We are paying for our sins. This one is innocent. He has no fault. His personhood is blameless. He is absolutely great. Even the wife of some leader was able to say to the husband, I didn't have a nice dream. Let that man go. Why? This man is innocent, he's wonderful, he is good, he's a person. You, you can't find blame in him. That even one of the kings must confess. This case, I am not going to deal with it. I wash my hands, I pass him over to you because I find nothing wrong in him. You deal with him. He was wonderful, great, marvelous, amazing, magnificent in his person, in his very being. And we must argue it's because of who he was that his works, that his relationships surely must be wonderful. This Jesus... This God, eternal God, God, very God, we read in the text, mighty God, chooses to call you a friend. He chooses to call you a brother. He chooses to say, not ashamed of my brothers. What a glorious relationship. We enjoy a relationship with Christ in its supreme level. Brothers, or if you choose, well, he's going to say, you are my bride. I am your husband. You have the closest relationship with me. I am your sympathizing high priest. That's how I relate to you. I am your advocate. I am your mediator. I speak on your behalf even today in heaven. He seeks to pray for you and for me. That's who Jesus is. Surely he is wonderful. If this is who he is, 
Should we really need to be forced to love him, to serve him, to look like him? This is how wonderful he is in his relationships. What about his works? He suffered for you and me. He died in your place and mine. He was ridiculed. Think of him being beaten on the cross. And he's doing this for you, for me. The punishment that you should have gotten has been taken. It's on his shoulders that he's able to say, is any among you heavily burdened? Are you burdened? Come. Come. My work has so been done that I'm able to exchange my yoke for yours. And my yoke is light. He's wonderful, beloved. He's wonderful. Why wouldn't you be proud of him? Now you notice in our time, our children, I think some of us must begin to send our grandchildren that when they want to identify with a football uh, genius, I'm not sure with which Zambian player. Uh, I used to think I know Zambian players. Chris Katongo still plays? plays? Okay, that's how backwards I am. But I mean, if, if you spoke even on the Ronaldo, who doesn't know? Messi. Even those that are off the scene, Beckham and his free kicks. You think of, is it Cameroon? What was his name again to the World Cup? You know him. Now, if you are a soccer fan, those are the names you identify with. Okay. Number four. We, we identify with those. When we were young, even though I didn't even know Godfrey Yuka Chitalo, I'd never seen him. When we are playing football, Yuka. That's the name I want to identify with. All we know as pastors, we have our favorite preachers, don't we? Spurgeon. You've never seen his face. No, Spurgeon. I am Peter Masters. Martin Lloyd-Jones. Why do we identify with these? There are elements about them in the context of service and area of life that stand, makes them stand out as great. We have a greater name, beloved with which we must be proud to identify. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful. His nature and character are wonderful. The redemption which he has brought surpasses even the creation of the world. As you read of scripture, there is an old creation, physical creation. Oh, but we are a new creation. The work Christ has done fits nothing but to be called a creation. It's a work of God. 
And therefore, if you are in Christ, the old has passed. Like we sing in that hymn, on the day we were saved, a glorious thing happened. Heaven. Heaven came down and glory filled our hearts. It amounts to this, that the grace of God which will be exhibited in Christ exceeds all miracles. Exceeds all. Surely, he is wonderful. Oh, but let's think of this. How regularly, how repeatedly, how arrogantly we sin day in, day out against this one. How disobedient every day we are. How half-hearted we are committed to him. How ungrateful we are to this wonderful Jesus Christ. Even when we continue to be so disobedient, we continue to serve him half-hearted at best, maybe quarter-hearted. Continue to serve him with the terrible ingratitude. He's still wonderful. He still says to us, please come. Please come, I'll have mercy upon you. Please stop. He would choose at that moment to open the ground, swallow us up. He doesn't. Still wonderful. The father might say, let's get over this with. They have been too stubborn as in the context of Moses. They are your people. Let's kill them. Somebody better than Moses says to the father, I died for them. Just a little longer. Just a little longer with them so that Peter is able to say a thousand years. The reason the Lord is tarrying is that we may be saved. It's not because he's slow. It's because he's wonderful. He's loving. And you and I live in sin. But he's not passing judgment immediately. That's his work. That's his work. Surely if he's wonderful, we would love to listen to him. We would love to talk to him. We would love to talk about him. We would like to boast about this one. He is wonderful. Do we really know this Jesus who has saved us? Do we really know that he's wonderful? But he's not only wonderful, we have a combined is wonderful counselor in our versions. Let's treat counselor separately. The meaning of counselor is from the root that denotes to advise, to consult, to give counsel. This title therefore communicates Christ's wisdom. That is his application of knowledge for the best results. The simplest definition of wisdom I've come across is simply the application of wisdom for the best results. No one surpasses him. That in his counsel, he is surpassingly supreme, but he is wonderfully glorious. 
Paul echoes this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 22 to 24. 31 and 30 and 31. 1 Corinthians 1, 22 to 24 and 30 to 31 we read. Jews demand miraculous signs and Greeks look for wisdom. Now as we've understood Christ, that what the Greeks were looking for could be found in Christ. He is the greatest miraculous sign. What the Greeks were looking for could be found in Christ. He is wonderful counselor. But we preach Christ crucified. A stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those whom God has called both Jews and Greeks. Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God. We could replace those words this way. But to those whom God has called both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the counsel of God. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us counsel from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. <clears throat> Paul affirms that all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are in him. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you, and for those at Laodicea, and for all who have not seen me face to face that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ. The knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom we are hidden, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And Isaiah simply condenses all that in two words. Wonderful counselor. Are you looking for somebody who would encourage you greatly? That will comfort you. That will counsel you. That will provide wisdom on how you deal with situations. That will give knowledge on how you respond to challenges of life. Isaiah says, his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Is the counselor. This appellation points to Christ, not as a counselor among others of equal status, but as the counselor supreme, not counselor in the abstract, objectively and in reality. The great counselor of the vast universe, one of the glorious persons in the Godhead, who was concerned in all the acts and counsels of past eternity. When you read the Greek Old Testament called the Septuagint, this text is translated as follows. The angel of the mighty council. If you read another version called the Chaldee of the Old Testament translation, this same text is translated the God of the wonderful council. This is Jesus Christ. As the counselor, he directs and instructs his people in all their temporal, spiritual, and eternal concerns. If he did not do so, they would soon be involved in disorder and ruin. 
and he is the counselor in as much as he is the advocate of his people and has carried their cause into the high court of heaven. At yesterday's wedding, we heard from one council to the other, junior council. This one is not just state council, is above state councilship. Jesus Christ is the wisdom of God, is the counsel of God, and he's a wonderful one at that. Going through struggles, go to Christ. You are supposed to make decisions that are difficult, go to Christ. You don't know how to handle certain situations, go to Christ. Well, how do we then imitate him in this context? Pursue wisdom. Pursue wisdom. Let your advice to others be Christ-like. Let your encouragement to others be Christ-like. Sometimes the counsel Christians give is strange. I've heard of men who say to fellow men when the wife says something or does something wrong and the counsel they give is sometimes and you're thinking what Christian are you? Is that what Jesus would do? Let's think of our own children. When they offend us, do we show them the Jesus conduct, the Jesus mind? Yes, we discipline them. But do we really throw them to the devil? You read in the papers. I don't know how you can... Sometimes some mothers surprise me. I'm not very surprised with fathers, but some mothers... A child, I think, steals it at 15 where or something, and you burn them in cooking oil. Jesus is wonderful counselor. <clears throat> Let people admire you for your wisdom, for your great counsel. That's who we are. Let's not fall in the bandwagon. We say everything and anything is saying. Let's think about what we will say. Let's examine before we say something. Sometimes we say things too quickly, and when we've said them, we probably regret too late. So the scriptures are very clear. Be quick to listen, slow to speak. Great wisdom. But Jesus spoke only when necessary. And whatever he spoke had eternal implications. It was meant for the good of his followers and for the warning of those who hated him. Let's be like this Jesus who is our wonderful counselor. So that when we sing the hymn, his name is higher than any other. His name is Jesus, his name is Lord. His name is Wonderful. His name is Counselor. His name is Prince of Peace, the Mighty God. Let's exhibit something of who Christ is.
then we can sing who can cheer the heart like Jesus. Love of Christ so freely given. What a wonderful redemption. Every need is hand supplying by the crystal flowing river with the ransom that will sing and forever and forever praise and glorify this king who is wonderful counselor. Who is Jesus? Is wonderful counselor. We pick up God willing next Lord's Day. A combination of those two names. What's the importance of combining them? Wonderful counselor. What's the thrust? Please show something of who Christ is. Amen.